Hello and welcome back to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. I'm your host, Beatrice Vargas, and this week we are here for a very uh, long overdue episode, if you will. I don't know if it's long anticipated, but it is certainly long overdue. And I'll be honest, I had not recorded this episode because I thought I already did. I had thought I gave you guys all this information and I definitely told you all about this until one very kind listener had sent me a DM and she said, hey, I just listened to your story and you said that you were going to tell us all about how you got there to that place of separation, but where is it? And I thought, oh, for sure, it's in that episode. It's not. And it's so funny because having had recorded that episode two years ago now, over two years ago, I didn't remember what I had actually talked about. And I could have sworn that I talked about all of the things that I will tell you in this week's episode. And I went back and listened and I realized I never did. I realized that in the interest of time, I left a lot of things in the story out. And also that at that time, I was really It was the first time I ever sat down with my podcast mic, and I really just wanted to get the story out. And I recognize now that as I tell this story on other podcast shows, when they ask me about that story, the entire thing that I talk about in my first episode, I no longer talk about that piece. I talk about all this important, really juicy stuff that I'm going to give you in this week's episode. So I apologize for making you wait so long to hear this, but it is so important. And thank you to that listener who pointed this out to me. And I think the other thing is that I felt, well, I talk about a lot of this in my course in the Grace Fields Marriage Method. I talk about how to identify these things in our own lives and our own marriages. And I never realized that even though I talk about all the time on the podcast, lies that we're telling ourselves and mistakes that we're making, I never actually sat there to say, these are the, the exact things that I did. So I hope this is a good little sneak peek for you. Let's jump right in. Welcome to the Grace Fields Wife Podcast. My name is Beatrice Vargas, and my mission is to improve the quality of marriages by helping us learn to be fueled with grace. Are you sitting in a marriage that feels empty? Are you struggling to reignite the passion and love you once shared with your husband? Are you at a crossroads of leaving and repair, but you're constantly reminded of your promise to God to stay true? Or maybe things haven't even gotten that bad yet. Maybe you don't argue that often, but since you barely connect anymore, you've started to give up hope of ever being happily married again. You might have contemplated or even fantasized about what it would be like to leave. Maybe you're telling yourself that you're just sticking it out for the kids. If this is you, I've been there. My story is your story. I want to help you heal and reignite your marriage while still believing in the promise God gave you. I want you to stay with me, learn from me, internalize the grace, guidance, and interviews so that you can become the Grace Fields Wife. 
You can learn more and connect with me directly on Instagram at The Gracefield Wife. Now let's dig in to today's show. Okay, so I'm sure if you have gotten this far in uh, my episodes, if you've ever been here before, I'm pretty sure you have listened to my episode one, my rock bottom story. That is by far my most downloaded episode. So I'm sure you've already listened to that. If you haven't, you could always jump back. But the stuff that I'm going to give you here is really, I think, the even juicier part of that story. So if you if you have listened to that story, you'll hear me talk about the struggles and what I felt and what I was going through feeling like at that time when my husband was on his way out the door. And I talk about this story in terms of the anger and the pain that I felt as he was walking out the door. But I never talk about what led us there? How did we even get to that place where we would, you know, be in love and happy and, and decide to get married? And five years later, he's not got one foot out the door. He's got both feet out the door and gets his own apartment. So what leads to that? I would say the first thing, the first error that I made, looking back, if I take a look at the errors of my ways, I put them into three different categories for you to really make this easy for you guys to understand and I digest because a lot of what was going on was one of these three things. And at a future episode, I promise I will have my husband on here so he can talk about how when I did those things, what that meant to him and, and what that made him feel like. Yesterday, we celebrated 14 years of being married, which was so nice. It was so lovely. And I really realized that I am so much more in love with him now than I was on the day we got married. I mean, it's just our relationship has grown so much and deepened so much. And I have to say that that growth has come from me recognizing these things that I was doing wrong and taking active steps to changing them. And that is why I created the Grace Fuels Marriage Method to help other women recognize the things that perhaps they are doing wrong in their own marriage and help them to actively take steps to change them. So I'm hoping that by giving you these little snippets, this might help you to maybe identify some things in your own life. But really, the deepening of our relationship, of our intimacy, and of our marriage came from once I realized I was doing these things and I started to make changes in them, all of a sudden, he started to come around in how he was feeling with me. And then by him coming around and obviously lots of prayer and tears and really getting close to God and asking God to touch his heart and to soften his heart. That led to him coming back. And if you listen to that story, even when he came back, it still wasn't completely changed our marriage because I was still doing some of these things and I had to surrender that. And I've talked about this in other episodes where I had to really give up this piece of surrender to God for 
the complete change to happen in our marriage. And then everything uh, that has happened since then, which has been over the past 10 years, I would say, nine or 10 years, the place my marriage is today is because it has been the past nine or 10 years of really recognizing these things, working on them, and then making active changes for them to be better. So the the place that I can say where my marriage is today is a result of 10 years of actual intentional change and work. All right, I get it. We are 10 minutes into this episode probably by now. And you're like, okay, so tell me, what are the three things? Well, I would say the first thing that I did that was really a major mistake of mine was that I, it's almost, this is embarrassing to say, right? It's it's hard even to talk about this, but I definitely know that there's people out there with whom this will resonate. So I'm just going to go out and say it. Being a woman of color, I was raised basically to stand on my own two feet, to do things on my own, to know that I don't, I'm going to say air quotes, I don't need a man, right? I can do things on my own, make my own money, went to college, all the things that we're supposed to do. I would say I'm like a Gen X seal or an Xennial, if you will, like that right between Gen X and millennial generation, our generation and basically comes from that place of you go to school, you go to work, you get a good job, you work there for the rest of your life. And that's what you do in life. That's how I was raised. Because of that, and also I'm the oldest of nine children. So I was always a leader at home. Well, my husband, he's a leader now. But the opposite is, you know how they say opposites attract. Me being the oldest of nine, my husband was the youngest. And we get together and my husband has an alpha personality. If you hear him speak, if you see him, he walks into a room, he's on a conference call. His voice, his demeanor commands respect. He is just a natural born leader. Well, what happens when two natural leaders get together? Well, there's some friction, which is why the Bible talks about women submitting. And I'm not going to get into all that because I know that is a a controversial topic, which we don't have time for today. But essentially what was happening is that because I was so confident in my own abilities, and there's nothing wrong with being confident, but because I was confident in my own abilities, I was making unilateral decisions. I was bulldozing, demanding things be done a certain way because I knew better. So I, I remember telling this story on a podcast episode, and I talked about even my decision to start going to church. I I talked about the story of we were hungover, laying in bed on a Sunday morning, and my daughter, who was about 18 months at the time, was kind of crawling all over us, waking us up, and we were just like, oh my gosh, I can't handle this. You know, I'm just way too sick. And at that moment, I felt just a deep sense of conviction because I was like, this is not how I was raised. This is not how I want my family to go. I was not here so that I could be hung over on a Sunday morning. I need to be in church. Now, for anybody listening, that was the right decision for my family, right? For anyone who is a believer and a Christian, not that I was not a believer. I wasn't 
a practicing Christian at the time. I was raised Catholic. I knew who Jesus was. I believed that he had died for our sins, but I didn't have a relationship with him at that time. And my decision was, I'm going to go find a church. Again, nothing wrong with that decision. That was the right decision for our family. What was wrong about it is how I went about it and told my husband, I basically just turned over to him and I was like, this isn't working for me. I'm going to go find a church. And he was like, uh, okay. Without any discussion, without any preface, without any, you know, saying, hey, babe, I've had this tug on my heart. I feel like maybe we should start checking out churches. Nothing like that. I basically just said, I'm going to go check out a church. And he was like, all right, knock yourself out. And that's what I did without him. I went to go check out churches and he would stay home with my daughter until I found, of course, you all know, we when we search for God, we find him. So I searched for a church. I found one. They had, had a great kids program. I said, hey, I found a church I think you might like. You know, let's go. And here he was dragged into church not necessarily against his own will. Obviously, he went. He didn't have to go. But his heart wasn't in it because he didn't have any part in that decision making. Another example was when we bought our house and I knew it was the right thing for us to do. We have since talked about this decision many times and have said, Thank God we bought our house when we did. We made the right decision. We're so happy we bought it. At the time, it was not so clear. And I essentially just decided we are buying this house in this neighborhood because it's a good investment. And that's what we're doing. And he went along. And in his efforts to please me, in his efforts to be a good husband, he said, okay. And he He just kind of went along with it. Well, what happened with both of these decisions that were completely the right decisions? The the house we ended up buying was a multifamily house so that it brings us rental income and it has more than doubled in value since we bought it. So it was a great decision. Right now we talk about it like, oh, this was so great for us. But the fact that I made the decision for us, the fact that I was taking on that role of the leadership at home, the leader in my house, because I knew best. It's not even about deferring to him. Some of you might say, well, sure, you made the right decision. If you deferred to him, he might have made a different decision. But I think it was mostly about not truly involving him in the process, making him feel like he didn't really have a choice because if he chose anything other than what I was saying I was doing, it was either going to be a fight or I was going to put him down or I was going to minimize his intelligence and his ability to make good decisions for our family. So that was number one. I was demanding bulldozing, making unilateral decisions because I knew best. And how many times, ladies, do we do this as wives? How many times do we make decisions because we know what's best and our husband just needs to get with the program? I'm sure so many of you can relate to that. The second thing that I did that was really 
tough and I, I think about it now and I'm just so ashamed of it. But the second thing I did was I used so many unkind words. I was so disrespectful in my speech. And again, this is going back to to number one. That's why I listed that first because I had this idea that I had it all together and I knew all the right things and, you know, I could run our family. I wanted to control everything. I wanted to control the finances. I can't even think about it now. I'm like, oh my God, I can't believe that I wanted to control the finances. That has been like one of the hugest things that has helped our marriage. When I was like, babe, please, you pay the bills. But at the time, I felt like I was the only one who could do it. I felt like I was the only one who could do basically everything. And he would get upset and he would say, you know, you talk about how you're so overwhelmed and you're really just playing the martyr. And I've talked about this on the show before where where we want help from our husbands, but we want help in the way that we want it. It has to be our way. Like his help has to come our way. And it almost doesn't count if he helps in his own way. I was never looking at it that way. I was just like, oh, well, my way is the best way. I, I know the best. And I basically, I think the disrespectful part was not understanding that my husband is capable, intelligent, so well put together. I mean, that was the reason why I married him. I married him because he was so well put together and ran his personal life like a tight ship. I mean, everything was in order. He's just an organized person. And that's part of what attracted to me to him in the first place. Yet, at this time, for some crazy reason, I felt like I've got this. I mean, this sense, I had this sense of pride that I've got it all together. I mean, and this, it came from so many different things. Like I said, just part of how I was raised. Also just this pride, because I think at that time I was making the bulk of the money in our relationship in that corporate job that I was in. And it just filled me with so much like, yeah, I'm, I've got it all going on. I've got it all together. And to to think about the difference between then and now and now how having left that job and really having such a deep humility, like such a change in my attitude and actually now where we're at a place where I'm an entrepreneur and we rely more on his income than we used to. I mean, I think that was the other thing is that because I had it all put together in my my mind and I felt like I didn't need him. I would literally say things like that. I would say things like, I don't need you. I don't need you. I don't this. I don't that. This combination of making these unilateral decisions and then not respecting his anything that he was just not respecting his position in life, you know, and, and what he had accomplished. And even though those were the very same things that attracted me to him and, and they were just, oh, there was just so, so many things. And these things may not resonate with you. You might not be in that place where you have this sense of pride. You may be in a place where you have a lot more humility than I did, but I say all of them because 
it's this understanding like as women we often have everything put together we often are the ones who run the households and because of that it leads us to disrespect our husbands in ways that we didn't even realize that we were doing the last thing that i did that was a a recurring theme was not putting his needs first. The entire order of the way things should be was just totally out of whack for me. And again, this came from being the oldest of nine children and having raised essentially or helped to raise my younger siblings. We were so tight and had such a tight relationship. And back then they were they were much younger. I was in my 20s and one of my sisters at the time, she was still a teenager. I had other brothers and sisters who were babies, really. I had one who was like two years old. My other brother was like six years old. So I still had this mentality of mom figure. I still had this idea. I was still playing that part that was not meant for me to play. I was never meant to be their mother. That's a whole other thing that goes back to childhood trauma, all this other stuff, but I was never meant to be their mother. And I was having a really hard time letting go of that role. And what was happening was I wasn't putting my husband first. After I found God and I found Jesus, I had that together, had put that in the right order. And I think that's what helped me ultimately to go to him and say, God, help me turn my marriage around. And these were the things that he revealed to me is that, yes, okay, now that I had God in the right order. My husband was not in the right order. So after God, now, today, my husband is number two. He comes before work. He comes before my children. He comes before everybody. And why is that? My children will get up and they will grow old and they will leave us one day. And who am I going to be left with? This man who I share the bed with, who I see it day in and day out. And I want to like him enough to grow old with him. And because of that, I have now put him second. If he is like, babe, you know, I really, I need you today. Or, you know, he, he wants me to stop working. And I think part of that is I can be a workaholic. And my husband's is a gift to me because he's, he is the person who helps to check me. He helps to balance me out because without him, I probably would. When he's not home, I get so much work done. If he's on a business trip, I literally will work all kinds of crazy hours. Like as after my kids go to bed, I'll go back into my home office and I will keep working for another four or five hours at night. I'll work to one o'clock in the morning because who's stopping me? But he is the one who grounds me and brings me rest. And these are beautiful things. These beautiful gifts that he gives me. I'm only realizing now that I started to put him first. So all this time, I was not putting his needs first. I didn't really, not that I didn't care about them. I cared about them, but I didn't give them importance. And so I, I hope that you guys are starting to see a theme here. And that theme being that his place in my life did not have the right order. It was completely out of God's order. And this is why the Bible talks about there being an order in marriage, why it talks about submission and this understanding that 
when we put things in God's order, everything falls into place. So now we have this relationship where I don't have to say, oh, I'm going to submit to what he says. We have this relationship where he loves me so well that I understand wholeheartedly that if he makes a decision, it's because it's the best thing for us and our family and and all of that. And, and I bring him all my crazy ideas and my desires and all these things I want to do. And he's always supportive and he will always look for a way to make it work. And that's really the way God designed marriage to be is this beautiful order of things. But when we don't do that, when we find ways to put him down, and again, not to say that you ladies are doing this intentionally because so much of this was unintentional, but it was just something that I just continuously was doing. And when we find ways to do that, then our husband can no longer be our hero. Our husband wants to be the hero of the story. It's just the way that he was created. There's a really good book called Finding the Hero in Your Husband that I'm reading right now. It was just rewritten. It's by Dr. Julie Slattery. So I would highly recommend anyone to take a listen. This isn't to call out anything in anyone, but really to highlight a lot of my own faults and a lot of my own sins, if you will, and the things that I've actively changed in my marriage today. And recognizing these three things has been the number one best thing I could have ever done for my marriage. So I hope that was helpful to you guys. I will be back here with an episode with my husband where I will let him know these things that I recognize I was doing. And then you guys can hear how does that make a man feel? Because I think in so many ways, your husbands are similar to mine. Your husbands are good men and they love you and they want to give you the world. And there's some disconnect there. So how do we fix it? How do we fix that disconnect? Because when I talk about your husband not showing up, he's not showing up because he's feeling all these things from you, right? They, they stop showing up because they feel like if they do, they're going to get hurt. They're going to get put down. They're going to get rejected in some way. And so they withdraw because they don't want to. So how do we get our husbands to stop withdrawing? How do we get him to want to participate, want to be in the marriage, want to be intimate with us, not just in the bedroom, but also just in talking to us? How do we get them to want to know our deepest desires? These are some of the things that we're going to do there. So I hope that was helpful. I love you guys. And until next week. Hey, love, thank you for listening to today's show. If you found any value in today's episode, it would mean the world to me if you left a five-star review and shared it with a friend or someone else who needed to hear this today. This is really the best way you can thank me. It helps me to get the word out to other women just like you. See you next week.